Hello everyone and Namaskar. Today's discourse is titled, The Real Value of the Human Entity. And it was given on June 3rd, 1979, Lyon, France. In the prehistoric world, on this globe of ours, the first language that was spoken was about 6 million years ago. The language came, but the intellectual standard was very poor. At that time, even the forefathers of present human society, the apes, the proto-apes, were not here. Modern humans came about one million years ago. They had language, but at that time their intellectual standard was also very poor. As the intellectual standard was poor, so vocabulary was also very poor. Among even the developed species of apes, the vocabulary is about 800. And in the most underdeveloped species of humans, the vocabulary is a little bit more than 900. Whereas in the modern French language, the vocabulary is more than 4 lakhs, that is 400,000. Now when the first humans learned how to speak, their expressions were mostly confined within the jurisdiction of the physical body and of mental phenomena concerning the physical body, and nothing more than that. Anthropological and archaeological history also says this. There was nothing called cardinal human value. Man was no better than animals. But as a result of clash and cohesion, in the process of introversion, intellect developed. The eternal questions arose in people's minds. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where to go? Their first intellect said, Who am I? They got the reply. His, thou comes from Paramapurusha. Where to go? The second reply also was given. That is, Paramapurusha is the desideratum. But there came another question. Who are thou? Who are you, O Paramapurusha? Now at this point, philosophy comes. According to the records of human history, the first philosopher was Maharshi Kapila. He lived about 3,500 years ago. Now who are thou? So far as ordinary human intellect, not intuition, but human intellect is concerned, there is no reply. Why no reply? The physical structure, the material structure, functions within the three fundamental relative factors, time, space, and person. Physical movements, physical activities, cannot be done beyond the range of time, space, and person. The jurisdiction of the physical structure is extremely limited. And because of the limitation of its jurisdiction, it cannot go beyond the starting point of individual or collective human structures, collective human intellect. That is, the individual or collective human intellect has a starting point, and its range or its activities cannot go beyond that point. It will have to function within a particular jurisdiction, because where it is not existent, it cannot go. That is, as it moves towards the source, when it comes to the starting point, beyond that starting point, it cannot go. Beyond that starting point, the mind cannot function. It can function only within the range of the functional periphery of the mind. And this was the main difficulty with individual minds and the existence and the qualifications and non-qualifications of the Supreme are all beyond the periphery of the mind. The human mind functions within the limitations of time, space, and person. And when the mind tries to come in contact with him, what happens? The mind gets suspended. And when again the mind comes back from the Supreme Touch, the mind comes within the jurisdiction of time, space, and person. It cannot express the feeling, 
the feeling that it had, it experienced, when it went beyond the jurisdiction of time, space, and person. Because its functional jurisdiction cannot go beyond time, space, and person. And when due to mental concentration, it went beyond the scope, the mind was suspended. So it is possible for human beings to feel Paramapurusha with their intuition and not with their intellect. Paramapurusha is something that can be touched by your intuition and not by your intellect. In Vedic language, intuition is called bodhi and intellect is called buddhi. The supreme is beyond the range of your buddhi. It is within the range of your body. Now when body developed after thousands of years, those human beings felt, understood, and realized that there are certain cardinal human principles, and there lie the cardinal values of human existence. After understanding that, men realized the real value of the human entity, and they also realized that the only goal of human existence is Paramapurusha. There cannot be any second goal. And the only human development is a man's movement towards Paramapurusha. And in no other stratum of life can there be any development. Development means progress in the realm of spirituality and in no other realm. Human progress has nothing to do with religions. Human progress has everything to do with human beings' occult movement, that is, movement towards the Supreme. And this movement towards the Supreme is the movement of synthesis. And all other movements, all other approaches, are movements of analysis, converting one into many. But this movement towards the Supreme, Supreme Spirituality, is converting many into one, from heterogeneity to homogeneity. And all other movements are movements from homogeneity to heterogeneity. And this must not be encouraged if humanity is to progress. If humanity is to march forward, humanity must not have anything to do with the analytical approach of to life. The approach should always be synthetic. The first developed human language was the Vedic language, but at that time there was no script. Those Vedic Aryans who used to speak in the Vedic language about 15,000 years ago could not write. They learned how to write about 5,600 years ago. Their macrocosmic ideas, super mundane ideas, their supreme aesthetic stances were all narrated vocally to their followers, but could not be recorded because there was no ABCD, no Alpha, Beta, Gamma. Now, in this march of spirituality, there was no systematic approach. About 7,000 years ago, it was Lord Shiva who brought everything into a systemized form, systemized structure, and that is yoga, that is tantra. The same thing was done again about 3,500 years ago by Lord Krishna. Now in this process of spiritual march, march towards the spiritual nave, humanity sometimes for want of proper guidance was depraved, was degenerated, and under such circumstances, it suffered from the psychology of sinning, a sinning complex. I told you that you must not say, Oh Lord, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, because it will develop the psychology of sinning. If you are not actually a sinner, you will be a sinner if you say this, if you think this. It is a defective psychic approach. And some people exploited the sinning complex of human beings and created so many differences, so many groups, so many diversities in this human society, which is actually a singular entity. Human society is a singular entity. But those people tried to create diversity in the singular entity. The educated and intellectuals of this 20th century 
should carefully save themselves and also save the innocent human mass from their exploitation, from their physical, psycho-spiritual exploitations. Now in the past also, people were depraved for want of proper guidance. There was a sinner's complex in the mind of the common mass, and at that time, in the hoary past, Lord Krishna openly said, openly declared, Apichet, Sudracharo, Bajate, Mam, Ananya Bak, Sopi, Papu, Pinir Mukto, Muchate, Bhava Bandhanat. Parama Purusha, Parama Pita, says that even if you are the worst type of sinner, that is he whom the sinners hate as a sinner, what will happen? Bajate Mam, Ananya Bak. If you take the shelter of Parama Purusha, then what will happen? Parama Purusha will save you from all those serpentine nooses of sin. You know, serpentine noose, a noose which catches a snake like this, it is called a serpentine noose. And for those who take shelter, those who resort to Parama Purusha, what will happen? Parama Purusha will save them from the serpentine noose of sin. So a person must not be afraid of sin. He should be free from all worries and anxieties regarding sin. Parama Purusha will help him. Parama Purusha is always with him. So no person should suffer from an inferiority complex or sinner's complex. When the Supreme Father is with a person, why should he suffer from such a complex? And why should he approach the Father saying, Oh Father, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, I am a sinner. Father would do what is needed. He should completely surrender at the altar of the Supreme Entity, at the altar of the Supreme Father. This is what he is to do. Sopi papo binir mukto muchate bau bandanat. And in so doing, will attain the supreme stance. He will get the supreme bliss. So no person should suffer from any sort of complex, any sort of defeatism. Parama Purusha is with you. If knowingly or unknowingly you have committed any mistake or any sin, then your repentance and your singing kirtana wholeheartedly will free you from all sins. So your future is always bright, never dark, never dark. Thank you.